entertainment, inspiration, and building community. This is the soundtrack of Savannah. This is your Savannah Philharmonic. Welcome to the soundtrack of Savannah, brought to you by the Savannah Philharmonic. I'm so excited about my next guest. I've been waiting to have him in the hot seat, and here he is. I want to make sure I, I pronounce your name correctly because I've heard it pronounced so many different ways. Sinisa, is that right? Sinisha. Sinisha. See? That's right. Sinisha. Siric. <laughs> Chirich. Chirich. See? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Put a doctor on the front, and we've got and then it. And you got it. That is all there is. Um, <laughs> Sinisha is the Director of Artistic Operations with the Savannah Philharmonic. And explain yourself, the Concert Master Emeritus to the Savannah Philharmonic. Tell everybody what that is, okay. what that means. So that, that, that makes me sound I'm very old, but I'm not. Uh, that Emeritus thing uh, happened last year, and I was actually very, very uh, humbled and uh, very uh, honored that that you know, orchestra that I spent now, this is my 14th year, um, gave me such a recognition because uh, it's definitely my second home um, for everything artistically that I that I do. That's pretty much the, the place where I, I guess, put the best concerts together is even as, I mean, either as a performer and now in, 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 the, in the operation side of things and production. So, uh, Meritus means that, that um, I'm pretty much a concert master of the Semantic Harmonic for life, and they uh, I, I they can't kick me out. I was going to say, <laughs> so, you can't ever go anywhere. So, and I and I, to, in all honesty, I'm not planning to go anywhere any anytime soon. So I'm really, um, you know, really happy that that um, you know that kind of. Uh, honor is is bestowed on me, and, and it's and it's always a, a huge responsibility for me to just keep up as much as I can with the uh, with the growth of the of the Philharmonic, which is huge. Yeah. It's it's a yes. lot of growth in the especially in the last year. I mean, even absolutely. I think we have seen you know growth on on many different levels artistically, uh, in production. Uh, numbers in the audience, um, you know, just just the attention that we are getting, uh, you know, educational programs are growing. So pretty much every every facet of the of the organization seems some kind of growth. Um, you know, it's it's really nice to be in that position, uh, and which, when you put it in the context of Savannah as as a city growing, you know, at such a rapid speed, that you know we. Just could not do anything else but but go with the with the flow. So yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. it, the growth that's happening just in general. Uh, everybody is sort of holding their breath. They're excited, and it's like, where do we grow? How do we grow? Yeah. Um, you know, it's we're small, but we're huge. Absolutely, I think that's that's pretty much you know a challenge for for every business out there, every nonprofit. You know, when you reach a stage where it's like, okay, do we just kind of you know, maintain what we have, are we happy and, or we just kind of naturally follow this path of growth. Um, and then, you know, you face all sorts of challenges because, you know, for us, uh, growth is, is also, uh, connected to, uh, attracting, you know, high quality musicians 
And as every business has, and every nonprofit has sort of a turnaround of people, you know, generations are changing and, you know, people's lives are changing. Everybody got affected by COVID or, or one way or the other. And, um, you know, in the past three years, we've seen, um, you know, changes in the orchestra personnel. So, you know, we are looking into how to attract that that high quality of musicians and and you know grow or at least keep the artistic level as we have it right now. So, you know, with along with that comes you know certain um, procedures that you need to kind of follow and establish uh, in order to do that properly. That means auditioning people, which was not the case in the past. Right. And when you introduce that that process, then you know there's other things that have to follow uh, and support uh, that type of of development. So you know it, it's it, without going into depth, you know we're definitely uh, you know trying to kind of keep our heads above the water and you know uh, see how we can grow with the tide, which is which is coming. And uh, you know I think this city is, has such a such a bright you know, future. And, and I'm happy that along with you guys, yeah. <laughs> we came at the right time no doubt. to witness this. Yeah. You know, so yeah. be no part doubt. of it, so. it. You're right. I mean, it's such a big wave that I think has been happening over, over the last few years. And COVID really did shape a lot of um, personal journeys, I think, for a lot of people. And in, in, in just even looking in the, in the arts community here in Savannah, I mean, mm. how many people said, I can you know, now come here and be a part of this. This has now allowed me to move to the next chapter of my life. And so many people want to come here and be a part of, of what's going on here mm -hmm. in the arts community. Absolutely. I mean, for me, you know, the COVID was also a moment of change. I mean, I, I, I was, you know, in, in music business for, you know, over 20 years, 27, eight years, uh, you know, counting the years back home in Serbia. Which is weird since you're only, yeah. what, 21, 22 yeah, now. That, so. that's, that's, <laughs> absolutely. This is very, I was very little when I started, about two years old. Um, so, they, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's the, definitely the moment that, that, you know, for all these years I've been, you know, mostly performer, though I wasn't in, in, involved with some, you know, production and then I did some, you know, we say contracting, but you know, I was I was you know asked to to invite people to join me for certain concerts, and you know I helped some orchestras find musicians, as I was saying, you know, people who would join us, um, you know, on that high level of artistry. And then um, at the time when COVID started, I was working at at Savannah Classical Academy. I was I was heavily in education. I was developing a string uh, conservatory, a string program for for classical academy. And, um, you know, this opportunity to join the Philharmonic management in the office, you know, came out of nowhere uh, and that happened during COVID. So for me, it was a moment of like, oh, you know, I've been thinking about this and I could not imagine a better opportunity um, than to actually start this other branch of, 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 of my career right now with the Philharmonic. You know, because if I if I wanted to start it, I would have to move somewhere else. You know, Philharmonic, Savannah Philharmonic is the only orchestra in town. So, uh, you know, if I wanted to do this, it would mean that we are just moving away from Savannah, which I didn't want to do because my family love it, you know, and, and we have a great life here. So I just decided to to like, you know, um, 
make that shift and um and have absolutely no regrets very happy where i am and it's like three years now actually i think january 11th of 21 was my first day in the office oh wow so it's gonna be like three years as, yeah. as you air this <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah. um and 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 in those three years i mean goodness uh people are continuously singing your praises and <laughs> always talking about the imprint that you that you put here not only on the philharmonic but here in the community thank you for 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 you know kind of you know noticing that because it, it's it's not that i'm doing it for that purpose but it's always nice when people you know see what you're what you're about and where you put your work and your effort. And, um, you know, I, I always, um, I, I, ha I, I believe I had a reputation. I'm always hundred percent in whatever I'm doing. And there's been 110, 120 since I joined, uh, because I wanted to, to just, uh, really, uh, prove that, that, you know, the connection between the musicians and administration, which was, always sort of uh, scrutinized and there was always been, you know, stories about, you know, things being too far apart for those two entities to, to kind of work on the same level. I wanted to prove that it's very much possible and uh, that, you know, we can together uh, put a, you know, really good, fantastic concert that everybody would be happy on that stage from the way that they were treated and uh, how things look on stage and production-wise, what's the quality of, of the entire presentation and how we can elevate from the concerts that we had in the past, which were very high, so my, my job was not easy. Uh, but, you know, with some, with some changes that we made and, and, and um, you know, some help from our friends, from, for example, from, from Music Festival, uh, that were open for collaborations of all, all sorts on production and artistic level that we were able to, you know, raise some levels of production and the Lucas staff that we work with uh, all the time. They were also open to try new things. Uh, we sort of inspired them to, you know, from like buying a new equipment because they want to sound, to make our chorus sound, sound better. You know, they're going to buy microphones or whatnot. And then there's, there's a, of course, um, you know, uh, a projector that they use for the movie festival, right. for the film festival that we then happen to be able to use and, you know, all sorts of things. And we made that Home Alone, right. you know, which is one of the first productions of that kind, if not the first. And I, I, I think it was the first of, of that kind in Savannah ever where, where we had a, you know, a, a full, uh, you know, movie uh, screening with the live orchestra. Yeah. So that was first for Lucas as well. So they were also challenged in many ways with what we were trying to kind of improve on. So. Yeah, and and it shows. I mean, those collaborations people talk about it yeah. all the time, and and it really it really shows. I'd like to talk a little bit about your background and how you uh, got to where you are, and and of course, folks can see you on stage playing <laughs> your instrument, which is the violin. Yes, and you started at the tender age of seven. Yes, I started uh, by chance. I, I I was not planning on being a musician and uh, back home, you know, music school is is um, part of public education. And, uh, you know, you actually go through auditioning process because that uh, being a public uh, school is, 
free of charge and you know it's just treated as as any other you know elementary school middle school high school here uh from within the system so they audition you and then you know i i wanted to play guitar and and clarinet when i was asked like on that questionnaire you know what would you like to play and then it turned out uh i had some talent um that they said you know maybe it'd be better if you actually play violin and my parents who are not musicians you know they 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 really didn't care what what it was it was just you know uh important for them to for me to get you know music education so they said fine yes and then i had some great teachers that that kept me in check all these years and uh i'm i'm a very good friends to this day with my teacher from from elementary school music school um he was very young when i started and i always felt like he was an older brother rather than than a teacher and um then i actually went to his teacher that he started with in high school because it was the same you know little town that i grew up with at and i started with that uh teacher for four years who got me to the conservatory and and then i had this one of the biggest influences in in, in my you know career and in my 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 life uh was a teacher that i met at a conservatory so um i started with him for for you know a few years and um and after that you know started working in the opera first actually what that was during my conservatory years i was like I think 19 when i got the first job and home is or home where is serbia, serbia right yes. okay home is serbia and and there you know two conservatories one is in belgrade which is the capital and one is in novi sad which is um a beautiful city over um in vojvodina which is the northern part of serbia just across danube uh and it's on danube Belgr- belgrade is on one side and novi sad is on the other side and they're about like 30 miles apart on the river okay uh, so um beautiful setting beautiful city very very artistic was a huge influence in my life and um that felt small at one point you know i decided to first move to belgrade then i started working in the opera there from opera i moved to radio symphony um that was my full-time job i was like 22 or something and then i was playing you know subbing and playing part-time with the belgrade philharmonic and um those two places three places actually uh were just you know amazing amazing experience and i got involved with you know playing with the greatest names of you know classical music world and and then that became small and then i felt okay is is this it is this is is this what i can just see myself doing for the next 40 years which was not the case obviously right right and then i decided to move to states and i started my grad school at uga and i did my masters and my doctorate studying with a great um professor from the you know very very um respected and famed russian school he was um professor at Tchaikovsky Conservatory for 15 years before he moved wow. to states and um I actually knew of him while I was in Serbia and I had a couple of friends that actually studied with him in Moscow and um it just happened to like I had no idea he's in Georgia I had absolutely no idea and 
when we moved to States, our, my connection was a friend that lived in Atlanta at the time. And that's how we came. He was a connection to Georgia State University first. And, you know, at that time you, you were sending videotapes for mm-hmm. your auditions and stuff. And we sent a old video school. to him, old school, <laughs> That's yeah. That's right. And um, they, you know, accepted, you know, my and my, my ex-wife's application. She's also violent. And um, we both got in. And um, that's how we ended up in Atlanta. But then in Atlanta, I learned of, of, of Professor Mbatumian at UGA. And then it was just... You know, like, well, well, of course, I'm not going to miss this one. It was meant to be. <laughs> so it was meant to be, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, And I'll tell you a little funny story about my name. Um, because we were we exchanged emails setting up the lesson, right? And I was signing myself with, you know, my name. And, um, and I, you know, set up the time with him. And I show up. Uh, in Athens at the School of Music, and I knock at his door, and he says, yes, and I come in, and I say, hello, you know, my name is Sinish, I'm here for a lesson, and he looks at me, and he goes, and you're not a girl? (laughs) 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 Not the last time I checked. He said, not not today, (laughs) not not today. today. And he was like, you know, it was uh, it was very funny because then I realized because, you know, if, if you just, you know, sign my name without ever revealing a gender, we never spoke about gender. Right, right. You know, Sinish ends with A. And, you know, especially for Russian language, that kind of is like 99 out of 100 times going to be a girl. Right, right. <laughs> so I don't think he would ever, you know, imagine being a guy that sounded to him like a girl name and that you know it was a big surprise <laughs> surprise <laughs> surprise <laughs> but it obviously worked out just fine absolutely we, we've been friends now for 20 years mm. and he's been then you know I, I guess took a title of my biggest influence artistically and is definitely part of of, of who I am uh you know through through violin because there were some great uh things that I learned from him about everything you know, not just violin playing, but it was just a lot of, a lot of conversation about life, about career, about his influences, and you know, just um, you know, exchanging um, ideas and and um, you know, experiences. Then I ended up teaching his kids. Wow! Uh, so it was it was a fun time because you know, it was it was very very interesting. Like, how do I channel myself as a teacher because I had my own studio at the time about 25 kids and how do I actually kind of stay true to myself but I'm still his student that I'm going to be looked through <laughs> you know <laughs> him knowing everything that's gonna happen <laughs> yeah, every yeah. time that kid yeah. picks up a violin right his son picks up a violin and his home is gonna be like you know Oh, okay, who told you to do this? Right. <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> so, so, but that that was uh, it was really interesting, and I learned a lot through that experience. His his wife is also a violinist, great violinist, and I actually had you know quite a few lessons with her as well. So both of them were built in into to to my own playing, and then 
you know, they were teaching their kids, but I guess they needed a third, you know, objective, kind of yeah. objective sure. there to just make sure that everything is kind of moving. You know how kids are. Yes. I, I cannot teach my own kids. Right. You know, right. it's just, it's just that, you know, yeah. authority is not the same. Mm. Uh, when it comes to those things, so that's why I was I was asked to to help. But no pressure on you. No pressure <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> to teach their kids. Exactly. Good gracious. Exactly. And there, I mean, he uh, Alexander is now in law school. Um, fantastic violinist, but he did decided that that's not his his life. Uh, Anya also. Tremendous talent, but she ended up being a singer. She's a classical singer, soprano now. So wow. she uh, took off in a different direction, but, you know, still stayed in music. Mm. Uh, so it's really, you know, beautiful to follow them and see what, what their lives are going to be like. And they're around age of my son, who's 24, my oldest, and uh, he's in law school. Uh, so, yeah, it's been uh, really quite a ride. So you have two kids or I have three, three kids. That's yes. right. And any of them musically uh, inclined at like this every, point? All three of them are musically inclined. Um, my oldest played violin, super talented. But as I said, it was just impossible to teach him. And I did not want to define my my relationship with, with him through music. Mm. And I said, if this is not it, I'm, I'm not going to be the one who's going to, you know, like impose this. And everybody, everyone's expectation was because his mom is a you know violinist and conductor, and you know everyone were expecting that from him. And I think that's where the you know kind of a pressure came. Sure. To. And he just was not that type of a kid, and he was very good tennis player, which means that he would, did not have an issue with pressure, but he had an issue with that particular pressure. Right. 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 So he was, you know, really good in tennis and like top 20 in Southeast and, you know, wow. won some championships with his high school team and never wanted to play college tennis. He just said, I'm not going to, you know, do that. But, you know, he had a very, very promising, you know, kind of career there, but decided not, not to call himself a tennis player. So, you know, he's now playing electric guitar for it on his own kind of, you know, thing. And then, you know, that's something I'm really happy for him because he, um, you know, he, he, he enjoys music for what music is. Mm. Um, An electric guitar. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it's super on. cool. I yeah. mean, and, 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 and with his talent, with his ear, I mean, it's kind of, things are coming very easy for him, but you know, there's no pressure. As as if you're if, if the music is your career, when, you know there are days that I don't feel like playing. Sure, like everybody else, you know we all have lives and that, that are not defining who we are through our jobs. Right. But when you are when you're an artist and you know when you go out to perform, everybody are of course coming to see the best that you have to to show on every given day, and that is a pressure that everyone you know deals with on on, on that you know sort of. Uh, aspect of, of things so you know you have to dig in deep and find a way to you know give everybody what they came to to see um, so I have a huge respect for every performer out there that actually finds themselves and especially with the consistency I'm not talking about classical music alone 
I mean, I have a huge respect for Taylor Swift. I mean, that, that's just... Who doesn't? I Come mean, on. Serious, that's what I'm saying. I mean, exactly. Beyonce or, or any one of these pop stars that do live shows and they actually sing and do, you know, perform uh, on live stage and do it day after day on, on a super high level. And uh, just amazing feat. Yeah. You know, an achievement. So in that way, I, I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's good to to have this sort of personality, you know, that that kind of matches that artistic demand that you need to meet every single time on your stage and not everybody have it. And you can't blame people who don't. That's <laughs> because right. Because that's just, you know, it's, it's, we would then be all the same, which is impossible. So for him, that's, that's pretty much it. Music is just a thing to enjoy and outlet, you know, between whatever classes or whatever he's doing, you know, he's gonna pick up the guitar and you know, we actually had some 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 cool moments because I played I play a few instruments and I play bass guitar for fun. And I and I had a band when I was in high school and I played bass guitar. It was hard to imagine playing rock music on the violin at that time, but you know, I played the bass guitar. So now when he, when he was visiting us for the last couple of years, I got myself a, a bass guitar. So nice. we would kind of, you know, jam well, jam a little session, little yeah, yes. Exactly. exactly. And then the little ones, you know, who are eight and ten now, they saw that that's kind of, and they knew it, it's super normal to have music as part of your daily life. Mm -hmm. They've been to concerts, so you know, from very early, um, and they just, you know, kind of felt that okay, yeah, okay, we're gonna play piano. So I got a piano, and then they really wanted to get into. You know, playing a violin, so both of them are playing violin too. Nice. And, and, uh, string program that's actually started by Savannah Harmonic. It's at uh, Charles Ellis, and uh, you know that's that's basically given them a chance to. Oh, okay, okay, we can do this. <laughs> so, right. So I that's amazing. The, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, and I feel like too, education has been such a huge part yeah. of you know your. Uh, beginning and then obviously it was such a huge passion of yours you know to to have that as part of your career and education being such a huge arm of the philharmonic mm -hmm. that's so important and i don't think a lot of people know um you know if you're just introducing yourself to the philharmonic and you're just sort of maybe you've seen a few concerts and you might not know what goes on beyond and and the education piece is is huge I mean, that's probably, I think, if you, if you look at our role in the community, I would, I would really put that on, on like an equal plane with, with our uh, performances, you know, and concerts that we do for, for you know, general public uh, to come in to listen to the symphony orchestra. Uh, the education component is, is just crucial because you know, I can go for hours and much longer than this podcast talking about, you know, why um, is something like that important? First of all, I think that we are not necessarily developing new generations of musicians by introducing these programs to the, to the schools. And, 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 and for myself, when I was teaching you know, private lessons and, and when I was teaching, you know, in school, that was never on my mind. I had never started anybody on the instrument thinking, oh, this kid is going to be a professional, you know, musician. 
um, always the first and foremost was to teach them how to appreciate the music and to appreciate art and to appreciate beauty and to appreciate, um, you know, just the, the process that it takes to learn a skill. And if you can equalize that to any skill in life, any trade, anything that you do with your hands and with your, with your mind that takes repetition, that takes discipline, that takes commitment, that takes, you know, practicing hours, that takes you working on yourself and on your craft, not because somebody told you, but mm. because you want to get better. And if that's your goal in life, then, you know, what is the limit? Right. If we understand that that's, that's all that it takes, it takes you to decide that that's what you're going to devote your time, that you're going to commit yourself fully to something, learning and being the best you can in what you're doing. So that as a concept that's taught through music right. and through playing an instrument is probably one of the biggest life lessons you can you can learn and then you can trickle down from there and say okay what else you learn through music music is a language so it's a universal language that that is spoken every everywhere there's not a single place on earth that does not have music as a component of their everyday lives might not be classical might be absolutely regional spot on in the you know your neighbor uh, that's playing something, um, and that's what you hear. You're, you're, you know, during the day or whatnot. But in this day and age, I can't imagine that there is a single, you know, spot on earth that does not have that in, in, as, as a regular part of the day. So, if you just imagine that, you know, learning how to speak and how to listen the language of music is just an unbelievable um, asset to have. And I don't know if people put this in perspective, but you know, learning how to read and write music is an alphabet. It's like learning to read and write French. Right. And to learn how to listen to Chinese folk music, how to listen to Irish folk tunes, how to listen to you know, Mozart, how to listen to rock music, how to listen to rap, how you create rap music. Every genre out there uh, is, is definitely a sort of language. Do I speak language of rap? I don't, but I appreciate and I know what it, because I can't do it. Right. I know what it, I mean, I understand what it takes. So once you, you, you try to, to create something through a musical instrument or through music, and you find out how demanding that is on your, you know, mind, on your fingers and hands, on your, you know, just creative process. No matter what the genre is, you will have respect for somebody out there putting this, you know, song or putting this piece of music for you. And when you hear it, you know that you're going to be moved. And you can tell something, you know, something's valuable, something's like a little less valuable, something you don't care at all. But still there is appreciation for the craft, you know. So I think that's another concept that's, that's completely, you know, maybe not obvious, you know, at first. But I think that's, that's what music teaches. Yeah. A lot. 
So, and again, I can go defending this <laughs> for, for hours and hours. Stay tuned for episode three <laughs> and four. Exactly. Um, I, I, I want to, I want to read something that I, I saw that you said mm-hmm. during an interview that I thought just speaking of classical music mm-hmm. in general, that I thought was very interesting that I think speaks to one of the things that, that you're talking about when it comes to educating, um, especially kids, um, you know, and and sort of opening their minds and their hearts Mm. to, to music. And you said classical music always has this premise of something that is distant from a wider population. And I think one of the things that a lot of people will hear a lot of with Mm. the Savannah Philharmonic is an interpretation of classical music, Mm. an original piece of class, you know, they will hear all kinds of versions Mm -hmm. and even, you know, when you go to a concert, you you are moved by something that you may not know the origin of, but it it then leads you if you follow that movement in your in your soul, your spirit, your heart, it moves you to want to know. Mm-hmm. And I think that that education piece is just it's just right there. Yeah, that's what I said. I mean. Imagine if I put this in the same context as I was talking about the language that you don't speak and, you know, you don't speak a word of Chinese and you're and and then somebody drops you in China and you have to make your living somehow. You can quit, pick up your stuff and leave or you can accept the challenge and, and start from zero. And I'm sure that after six months or a year, you're, you'll start picking up some some words. Sure. You know, just in order to survive, if that's where, you know, how, how extreme things, you know, could be. So little by little, and you have people that learn to speak languages just by living and being surrounded at, at, at the very late, you know, stages of whatever, careers or or, or just you know, later in life, um, learn to speak languages just by being surrounded by, by people that don't speak anything else. You don't have an option. So I'm not saying that you should be tortured and put, right. in, you know, in a, in, a, in a confinement to listen to classical music and then suddenly come to appreciate it. But I think a lot of this disconnect comes from what I said, not being introduced to it early enough that that becomes your sort of language that you understand. My kids are all bilingual and I know that it only happened because we spoke Serbian to them at home and they spoke English at school. And we made every effort to, for them to become bilingual because it's super important. Studies showed that it's super important. It, it develops, you know, brain differently and it just opens you up for learning more languages. That's just absolutely proven. Yeah. Um, so that's that that that's my point. If they're if if they start learning early enough, just being exposed to it's going to give them enough to to even learn, not just appreciate, but to learn, to actually speak both languages with no accent. Right. If you ever wanted to, to, to learn to speak Spanish when you're 20-some, you're going to 
learn very fast that it does not go as easy. Right. 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 Because you're not going to be able to speak with no accent. It's going to take much longer to practice that. I mean, look, I've been living in States for 23 years. I've been trying to pull the Southern thing off, but I can't. <laughs> so, I mean, I can say little phrases there and there. And All right, my, let's hear my, one. And, now, okay, now that you brought that my, up. <laughs> is there so, a hey y'all in there somewhere? I can do that. That's 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 always fun. But mm-hmm. I always like to to uh, quote my daughter. <laughs> and she makes fun of these things, you know, all the time. And she goes to me, you know, and it goes, Daddy, how's my hair? How's <laughs> <laughs> so that's as far as I can go. You almost but, did. Yeah. <laughs> I almost, I almost did. So, but anyhow, I mean that that that's my point. If they start early enough, they their appreciation, their understanding is going to be such where that becomes like, oh, I want to, I want to actually. Hear. I remember this piece I played in when I was in middle school. You can't imagine how many times I heard this from people who actually played instruments back in middle school or, or, or high school. And they, and they come to me and say, oh, my God, I hate my parents for not making me stay with this thing. They right. actually let me quit. Right. You know, and then they pick up instruments when they're 50s or sometimes when they retire. Now I have time. Now I'm going to play. It's beautiful, you know, and they're going to enjoy it, but not. But there's this whole life that happened in between that they missed on, not by becoming a musician, but just removing themselves, you know, from that type of uh, exposure. And then they come to it, you know, little by little because they somehow start feeling, oh, there's this empty Mm. spot that I need to kind of fill with because, oh, yeah, music. Right, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) So so that's, we come to that, to that, realization sooner or later yeah that that beautiful memories that you have are usually connected to the sounds that you heard and that you were listening as kid yeah and that you know piece a song on the radio can transport you back into you know time faster than anything else that you can imagine uh definitely not something that you um you know see or read it's actually really interesting that that senses like smell and and uh and and you know hearing is yeah. the, are the ones who are getting us back to the to the root and and everything that we really really appreciate um as as fond memories of of you know the home that you grew up with it's a, it's a meal that you ate is like it's you know this smell of bread or something and then you know, a song on the radio and that's it. That's biggest what it triggers. Takes. That's right. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're the so, biggest triggers like, for those memories. Absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing. It absolutely is amazing. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, sort of looking back and mm-hmm. looking forward because um, whenever you're listening to this, we are sitting down at the beginning of 2024 and um, we just came off of the Holiday Stories mm-hmm. concert, which was amazing. And um, it was so wonderful to to really see the people of Savannah tell their stories while uh, sort of doing this merge in with the music and music of Savannah and artists of Savannah yes. on stage. I mean, what a beautiful time! It seemed like Savannah was uh, Savannah was on stage yeah. that night. 
I, I'm really, you know, proud of that concert. And I and I have to say, and, and I know it's going to sound like, I got to say it as a joke because Ricardo is is really a, a, a great friend of mine and we, we, we have a mutual respect. And I really uh, think very highly of him and, and his artistry and just uh, everything that he does um, and he's been doing in Savannah for, for many years now. And the cast that he put together, and you know, musicians that 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 you know surrounded him for for that concert, uh, were just absolutely quintessential. Savannah, in, in my mind, they were all um, active on the scene for for many years, and I think people who live here and and uh, who enjoy the the you know the rock and roll, jazz, um, you know, uh, country. Uh, seen here that they've seen them perform. So to put them all on one stage and, and have them come around, you know, mutual cause of telling the story of Savannah was, was Ricardo's idea. And, um, you know, he, he just did a wonderful job with, with just finding the right uh, piece and right song for, for each one of them to, to represent what they, what they do the best. So, you know, that concert was, you know, really, really um high quality uh production planning uh writing performing i think we really um you know raised the bar in that concert you know pretty high so it's you know for for the concerts to come it's going to be a really big challenge yeah. to, to top this one it's <laughs> true so. i mean i won't say anything about his velvet bathrobe what was that about oh I, I i have no idea i don't know but i, I mean, i'm not gonna go loved there it. I, it's you know it was I like cute. the white pants man i know several uh outfit changes later <laughs> yes. and he still got a standing ovation I, it just it was amazing um Absolutely. but you all did such a great job uh Thank just you. i mean it, it was it was an it was a dynamite show and a great way to spend. And it was actually connected to what you guys are connected with, uh, you know, the Institute yes, for Story yes. and uh, Dr. Dr. Berti, yeah. yeah. And you know, we we took part of of, of a little bit of that, uh, um, you know, Institute for Story kind of gathering you guys have in the spring, yeah. And kind of you know really um, gave us an opportunity to understand what you know telling a story is mm, you know yeah. so i think that that inspired actually ricardo to to really take this to another level because i know ricardo and mark who play the bass uh and eric joe's trio and, and he arranged a few pieces on them on that concert phenomenal musician um actually played as a duo for the institute That's of right. story yeah and i'm sure that you know as i learned later that collaboration also gave him in an insight of of what this concert that we just produced could actually be and then by inviting dr barry to be part of it and then everybody who you know wanted to tell their story and and their memories about savannah and whatnot um were also part of, of creating something special so and stories you won't forget <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. i mean i mean it's just it's it was so good yeah. and what a great way to spend yeah. 
Christmas and the holidays yeah. uh, in Savannah to to really sit down and hear all those great stories. What are you looking forward to uh, concert wise this year and and for the rest of this season? So the rest of the season, I think you know we have a really uh, really cool. Uh, concerts coming up. I mean, in two weeks from now, we're going to have a classic mystery tour. Um, And they will bring the music of Beatles. I'm so looking forward to that. With them, they're all like, you know, four guys looking exactly like, you know, Beatles uh, back in the day when they actually, uh, you know, came for the first time to the United States and and, uh, were guests at, at Sullivan's show. And I think the program, not I think, I know the program for this concert is going to be mostly the songs that they did on that first tour of the United States. And, um, you know, that's going to be a fantastic concert. And then we have actually a couple of days after that concert on Sunday and Monday, we're doing what we, as I mentioned, and you also um brought up as, as a very important component for us. We're doing education concerts for um, Savannah Chatham uh, school system. And we're bringing about 4,000 kids to Johnny Mercer on Monday to, to hear a full symphony orchestra perform. And, um, you know, that's, that's something always, you know, a challenge for us a little bit, you know, logistically, but, but always a beautiful thing to see you know, 4,000 screaming kids because you just cannot match that type of excitement. Right. And I wish these concerts could actually be open to audiences to see the kids who are enjoying it. Yes. Sitting in the audience. So if we could, I'm going to put maybe this on my list of of challenges for, for next, you know, few years to how can I put this together so that that action is observed, not through video, but you have to sit in the hall and mm. hear these kids scream when they hear a symphony orchestra play, which goes, because you always would imagine that that only happens with pop songs and whatnot. It's Taylor Swift and, you know, uh, but it's just in, 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 it, unbelievable. And last year it was deafening in the hall. Oh, and, uh, I love that. Super, super exciting. And then uh, two weeks after that, we have um, a very cool concert. It's um, Tchaikovsky, Roma, and Juliet, followed by Scrabbing Second Symphony, something that you don't hear uh, all the time. Uh, just, just an amazing piece of music. And on that concert, we're actually going to introduce the 24-25 season and the lineup for that season. So... Uh, March is reserved for Lord Nelson Mass. Uh, we're doing that at, at Armstrong, um, Georgia Southern University, but Armstrong uh, Auditorium. Uh, full chorus and uh, strings uh, accompanying the chorus with beautiful piece of music, uh, also not performed as often. And in April, we have some of our super popular neighborhood series coming up. And where we go around Savannah and we kind of, you know, put our tents up for about an hour and we put a, an ensemble, uh, in this case, it's going to be a brass quintet and they're going to play some cool music, some cool arrangements. And then we're, we're closing the season. Actually, no, we are playing in May, uh, Verdi Requiem, 
which is a monumental piece of music. And um, again, full chorus, you know, big orchestra. We're gonna pretty much fill every single inch of that Lucas stage. Uh, you're gonna see about 160 people on that stage, maybe a little less, but uh, that's gonna be super exciting. And then we're closing the season in June with Equinox, um, helping us perform the original orchestration for uh, Rhapsody in Blue. That's going to uh, be huge. George yeah. Yes, it, it's you know a fantastic opportunity to hear this piece as it was imagined uh, originally with a big band and uh, and the solo piano. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, really I is. can't wait for that one. It's really you know it's a local. Uh, collaboration and but but you know just showing what Savannah is capable of beside doing you know holiday stories and 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 that type of concert and then you come for something that's you know really really unique uh, that 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 a city can put together like um, you know that concert's gonna be so looking forward to that i can't i don't know if i can reveal anything for 24 25 i'm not sure you can at this, at this i don't point. i don't know it's it's locked away in a very secret <laughs> box right exactly. now um i do know though that if people want to uh to to get in on the new season mm -hmm. you know follow along with what's going on because as soon as it's available to purchase tickets yes you should start doing that because this season is not over and already so yeah. many concerts are selling out Oh yeah, we are we are definitely sold out for for any every one of these concerts. Uh, you know, tickets will be released for single purchases. You know, pretty close to the concert date. So I, I really encourage people to to um, you know go to our website and and follow us on, on on social media to find out when we actually have tickets uh, available. Because some of the you know subscription tickets get get uh, released and that's always uh you know pretty close to the concert concert where we find out that we actually have some tickets left for for those performances so that's definitely a best way to to um you know get informed is to to follow us on, on social media and, and visit our website from time to time and of course come to our performances when when you get a chance because we always i think do a really good job in telling what's coming up next and what you can kind of pace yourself if you if you would like for upcoming concerts uh, but yeah I mean the 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 challenge for us is 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 big to you know sort of introduce this music to new audiences the people that would like to hear about us but when you have 75 percent of, of the whole subscribed it means that same people are coming back to right, the concerts. Right. <laughs> so, so if you want to beat those people, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get, get gotta in on get the in game the, here, people. Exactly. You gotta get in on the game, no doubt. Uh, and I always like to encourage people, and I know, I know that you, you do too, to uh, if they go to a concert, when they go to a concert, uh, to to stay afterwards and chat with you guys. It's so much fun, and you guys are always so open to just having a conversation with the community anytime, anywhere, and, and really inviting them into to your world because it's such a great world. And, and I know you guys want to want to share that with everybody all the time. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really enjoy those conversations because, and I, and I cannot imagine that there, would, there is a musician out there that does not like to, you know, kind of be told how much they um, influenced someone's, you know, if not just that night, but I hear all the time, oh my God, this was the most beautiful concert I ever been to. Because coming to live concerts is always an experience in, in itself and, and people get moved uh, by many different things, you know, that, that happen during a live performance. It, it's not always the music that moves. Them. Right. It could be just, uh, just the atmosphere and, you know, they meet someone else that's sitting next to them. And, and I always like to remind people in those concerts, look, this is, this is one in a, once in a lifetime. You will never, most likely, ever meet this particular group of people at any point in your life again. Of course, yes, if you if 100% of the whole is subscribed and you're sitting in your spot over and over, you, you will meet people around you. But, I mean, the experience that you get in, 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 in coming to the concert is just unique. You, you're never going to be able to replicate because you just never know how how uh, stars will align for that night and what you're going to, to experience, what is going to really make an impression on, on, on you. And, um, you know, that's just an experience that, that you have to come and sort of, you know, experience for yourself. No, no uh, I guess, I can't verbalize this. It's, it's very difficult. I cannot tell you what you can hear to the point that you will, oh my God, I can just hear it now as he's speaking about it because it's just not possible. If that's possible, then we'll just be talking about it. Right. We wouldn't be, we wouldn't be performing. So, right, right. You know, so you got to come Isn't it great here. how wonderful the performance is that we can't really put <laughs> yeah. it in words? I love yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just you can't. I mean, it, it, and, and, and I believe that, you know, as I mentioned, those those moments where somebody something gets in your memory and um, that you can sort of reflect on that, you know, many years later, that might be the night that you're going to reflect on because you might meet a significant other sure. in that concert. You yeah. might, you know, have something that 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 you know will stay with you for the for for rest of your life because you will always remember that concert for something and uh, i'm not saying that every performance you go to will be a life-changing performance but in a way it is mm. because yeah. you know it, it is you always expect this grandiose kind of thing to happen to you because you went to to the you know symphony concert but you know, every activity you, you do is changing your life. Everything right. that you do is going to change your life. Even if you stay at home, it's going to change your life because that's those little actions are kind of, you know, that's what life our life is made of, is those little things. So right, right. you're going to make it, you know, turn this way, then, you know, you, you go there, you open your mind for, for something like that, which might be a totally, you know, new door a new uh, exploration a new experience that you never would have ever experienced if you did not 
you know, kind that's of so true bought a ticket and, and went there that's so true <laughs> and it really is like even just walking into the lucas theater and yeah uh, sitting there in those moments and and then watching everyone get on stage and, and put their heart out uh with their you know instruments and it's yeah. just it's amazing and it is you know even if you go to concert after concert they're all different. They're all different, which yeah. is which is what makes it really cool. Exactly. I mean, there's 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 a component of like expectation, which is you know that we as 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 human beings, you know, we we kind of thrive on expectations. I mean, in in different meaning of that word, uh, but you know, you expect something of your of of your own. Uh, then you expect something on your on your partner, your significant other. You you expect something from your kids if you have them. You have expect something from your coworkers. I mean, it's all sorts of expectations, and and we really kind of tend to lose our sort of ground when we come to okay, what is really important of all these things? You know, how much pressure are you putting on on expecting something to happen? And then expectations in terms of predicting. Of oh I wanna I'm gonna come to this concert of classical music, and I wanna experience this. I'm predicting to experience this, uh, which is sometimes really good because you kind of you know are preparing yourself for that. And not everybody likes to be surprised. They want to come in and know what's going to happen. Right, right, <laughs> right. right. So, and then and some people thrive on being surprised. They don't want to know what's going to happen. And you have these kind of uh, juxtapose things, you know, because it's, it's, um, you know, very comforting to some people to come to the concert where, where they know what they're going to experience. They know the symphony and they're coming to hear it Right for the, who knows, 50th time. They might have a CD, they know it back and forth, and they're just going to come and enjoy the live performance but then the seat next to you might be the person that's hearing it for the first time ever mm-hmm. in their life. Yeah. And uh, which is, again, a different set of expectations. They right. don't even know what to expect. They just came there and they might be kind of frightened to even be there, which happens all the time. Because yeah. They just, it's new surrounding for them. So you, you can just imagine how different, you know, stories can come out of those two concerts. Oh, and there totally. are some super funny stories which you can find on youtube you know people coming to like uh you know the first one that comes to mind is like um you know right of spring mm. by Stravinsky, right and there's like a few moments that are um that are super quiet you know and suddenly there's an explosion of sound and there's a famous video on youtube where this one lady just lost it and she was so surprised that she just gasped for air (laughs) like after the first punch of the court you know she just went completely Ah! (laughs) i have to go look that up so yeah it's just uh, yeah and it's just incredible you know so if you ask her after the concert, she might not tell you that that was the, <laughs> the greatest moment of her life, but, but she got startled, you know. But yeah, I mean, you can you can you can have a, a, such a wide range of, of uh, you know things happen to you in the concert, and it's fun to watch <laughs> because uh, that's the only guarantee you will not 
get the same thing <laughs> yes. with the same audience every time. Exactly. It is very fun to watch. Exactly. No doubt. Well, Sanisha, I can't wait to see you back on stage. You're you're a joy to watch. Thank you. Thank um, you. And, and obviously such a huge part of the Philharmonic, but of course, uh, such a huge part of the arts community here in Savannah and, and making all of that even richer all the time. So thank you for sitting down with us. And we want to make sure everybody knows to follow along on social media and keep up with what's going on for the rest of this season. Get your tickets early for next season. Yes. And uh, yeah, we can't wait to see you again soon. Thank you for having me. And this is such a pleasure um, to to talk about, you know, uh, harmonic in general and to talk about Savannah because this is uh, definitely for me and for my family and myself, uh, home away from home. And it, it, it is home now to the point where, um, you know, we can't imagine living anywhere else. And um, my wife and I are just uh, really, really happy uh, with, with the life we have here. And, I'm, and I met a lot of people that feel the same way. <laughs> You know, I'm just looking at one right That's now. That's right. <laughs> so, I am. So, yes, sir. You know, True so, story. Exactly. So I think there, there's a lot of people that enjoy this community for what for We're what happy it folks is. here and, in Savannah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I think, uh, you know, if we if we put all our efforts in, in, in keeping this up and uh, through, through whatever, you know, is it Philharmonic or is it Music Festival, is it whatever the art community here is, uh, doing, I think that needs to be supported because that's that's what is making your life uh, much more meaningful. That that you're exposed to beautiful things, and uh, you know we cannot ever forget that that beauty is what go what, what what's going to save this this world, and especially music. And because I'm a musician, I'll take that, that advantage of saying that a lot. But I think that's the that's the only thing that that's left for us as humans to to feel humans that um, you know love and love for the art. So. No doubt about it. That, that's that's no doubt. Well, it's a good thing you're not going anywhere because the <laughs> Philharmonic says you're not allowed to now. So exactly. that's in your contract it's now. In my contract. I, I saw that. Um, well, thank you, Sanisha. Awesome. This has been great. Thank you very much. Welcome to your open invitation to enjoy music with your friends and neighbors. This is the soundtrack of Savannah. You can also show support by sponsoring a season concert or our Fill the Neighborhood series, or annual Fill the Park event in Forsyth Park. You can even sponsor one of our talented musicians or host them in your home during the season. Planned giving from individual community partners to corporate sponsorships creates opportunities for the Savannah Philharmonic to grow and also allows you to leave a legacy, ensuring the organization continues to entertain, inspire, and build community for generations to come. For more information on sponsorship levels and a full list of concerts and community events, please visit us at savannahphilharmonic.org. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and be sure to subscribe to the Sav Phil podcast you're listening to right now so you can be in the know, behind the scenes, and center stage at your Savannah Philharmonic. <laughs>